Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Green Pole podcast. I'm Dan Crawford, and I'm delighted, just in general, with uh, an opening day win at Goodison Park. I'm also very happy to be joined again by my old, old pal and the originator of this podcast, Alan Druitt. Alan, how are you, my friend? Very well done. Very well, considering it's uh, a day after an opening day victory, which is not something we've achieved in the Premier League that often. Well, um, about yeah, no, very yeah. happy. Very happy. Um, Hangover's probably just worn off, I expect. <laughs> no, no, no. No alcohol for me. Um, but yeah, look, we won. Turned over a new league. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm a new man, Dan. Well, we'll see how long that lasts this season because <laughs> Fulham have a way of testing us, don't they? Yeah, you're not wrong. And speaking of which, it may have been a win, but they certainly um, put us through the ringer yesterday. It wasn't a convincing win, but in many ways, that's quite positive as well that we got the three points, no? Oh, absolutely. I think it, no matter how you get it, you just get the three points in the Premier League. But it's refreshing to know that we can still be below our best and still come away at a tough ground. Probably one of the toughest grounds in the Premier League, probably not last season, but in recent years. You know, get on, we won one nil, kept a clean sheet. So, yeah, it, it's all positive from here. And certainly that was a theme you were um, hinting at in, in the build-up to the game. It's certainly not been an easy place for us to go to. Um, in recent times, even if, you know, I did have to check that we've won three in a row at Goodison Park. I mean, what sorcery is this? <laughs> and it all started off with um, the amazing Josh Josh Madger, wasn't it? He was the one who got the ball rolling. Yeah, I still can't believe that happened because there was no one there to see it, was there? <laughs> so, yeah, we had to have fans for it to believe it. Um, but, yeah, it happened last season as well. So, yeah, hopefully... You know, in an ideal world, we played her every week and win 38 out of 38, but let's not get ahead of ourselves. <laughs> Rendering all of our season tickets absolutely useless. Um, <laughs> right, so let me st- let me start with right at the beginning because uh, I don't know about you, but it was an interesting lineup that Marco Silva picked for yesterday's game. Bit of debate amongst the fan base around whether we'd see both of the new signings. We didn't see Calvin Bassey uh, at all. But with the composition of that side with Reem at centre-back, Lukic and Reed in central midfield, we could have picked. But Kenny um, behind Jimenez, isn't it? It was uh, one, one that might have raised an eyebrow or two when it came through at two o'clock, no? Yeah, I I agree. I was surprised to see Reem start, first and foremost. Uh, Kenny, if he's fit, He's obviously fitter than Pereira at this moment in time. He plays. Uh, I did actually call him and his to start over Mitrovic. He did, yeah. Um, and I think that was the, the, the logical side of it rather than the emotional side of things. Because, you know, I'm sure we get on to it, but as Mitrovic comes on and sort of helps change the game. Mm. But I'd be surprised if that's the lineup for next week. But, we yeah, I thought better. But it, but it shows some. Go on, sorry, mate. No, no, no. Go, go on, please. It shows something about the strength. Just, just in those signings and having, particularly, uh, Bassi to back up Reem or the other way round, um, and uh, having Jimenez as a proven Premier League 
goal scorer, we suddenly have a, some strength in depth, both at centre-back and maybe at centre-forward, not forgetting that Carlos Vinicius is uh, is around as well. In those key areas of the pitch, we've got some depth, which we didn't have um, in the first season in the Premier League. Yeah, it's quality depth as well. It's not just a case of making up the numbers where we could have been guilty over the last few attempts in the Premier League. This time round, including last season, the quality's there now. Um, so the ex- there's less excuses to be made. So next week, if you bring in Bassi, you can bring in Mitrovic. We'll come on to Mitrovic because he did get off the train at, um, at, in London last night in a, a foot boot. Yes. Um, off, so we've off, got a problem there. Off train, in fact. Yeah, so uh, that in itself was... Um was concerning, but I understand that to be a precaution rather than a rather than a, a definitive injury that will rule him out um, of games well, coming up. He did yeah. want to stay on as well, didn't he? So well, he, know, he absolutely played on, and it is that ankle that has troubled him in the past. So it's not as if both he and the Fulham medical staff don't have um, experience of coping with it. Uh, but you know how important Mitrovic is to Fulham. We wouldn't have taking a risk with him, even if I was very glad, given the end result, um, that we uh, that we had his services for the, for the remainder of the match. Just wanted to talk about, it was quite a sloppy start and Everton didn't play much football, but they, they found a way through us quite frequently and there's no doubt who the man of the match is. Um, and you can take this time to tell us just how much you love Burnt Leno because he was brilliant again. Yeah, just Leno as a whole has been outstanding since he's joined us. And you've only got to look at his transfer fee. And I'm still feeling slightly guilty that we've definitely underpaid him, underpaid Arsenal for his services. Well, don't uh, feel guilty yeah. about it. We can <laughs> that is Tony Khan, you know. <laughs> I mean, well, this is it. Whoever did that, honestly, we we have a discussion at the moment about how much Fulham should pay for Callum Hudson Odoi, for instance, or Damari Gray. You know, two transfers that that we'd like to make, and we're trying to strike the right deal. But if anything is an indication of how you haggle, then Burnt Leno is the example because we only paid three million up front for Burnt Leno. It's extraordinary. Yeah. And yesterday was his best game in a Fulham shirt. Uh, he's made some outstanding saves since he's joined, but yesterday he was just on another level. Uh, and I think he got 91% of the votes from Man in the Match. I'd like to know the other 9%. <laughs> what were they watching? would actually pick yeah. someone else. What, what, what game they were watching? <laughs> uh, but, you know, he was he was fantastic. And I heard rumours that Bayern Munich are in for a goalkeeper. <laughs> they can stay well clear. <laughs> stay well yeah. clear. Yeah, he's happy here. Well, I'm sure one of those Saudi Pro League teams will need someone who can catch at some point. Um, oh. Speaking of which, though, the the with some of the defending to begin with, I mean, it, it looked like some of the boys have been on a bender with me, you, and our mate Matthias from Sweden. Um, what on earth was going going on? I I'm very grateful that most of the chances seem to ball to one of Hounslow's finest French centre-forwards because he couldn't finish his dinner. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, 
it, it was extraordinary. It's like the parting of the Red Sea in front of Leno at times in the first half. It's, uh, yeah, it's certainly a blessing that he turned us down forever at the beginning of last season. Well, was he persuaded um, by that wonderful man who we can't praise highly enough on this podcast, Frank Lampard? You know. That's a fine. That That's a fine. I mean, it is, but I'm taking the <laughs> fine and I'll say it again, simply because Frank Lampard apparently persuaded Neil Mopay to choose Everton over us. And Perhaps he does like us after all. He does, well, you know. <laughs> but, yeah. to get the, but yeah, the, see, I... After about a minute, when he was clean through, after intercepting that ball from Reem, and, and he ended up clean through on goal and he put it wide. And then it seemed to be like he was, he was trying his best not to trouble the scorers, to use a cricketing term. Yeah, and I think the first 10, 15 minutes sort of made us question the starting lineup even more. You know, Reem's been injured. He's not played much in pre-season. I don't think he's played hardly any, any minutes apart from the Hoffenheim. And, yeah, Bassi should have started yesterday, if we're being completely honest. But he went for the tried and tested in Ream and Diop. And, yeah, it wasn't a great start. But, look, in the 96th, 97th minute, the, the full-time whistle blew and we won. And yeah, we kept a clean play, sheet. Though, so The result is there and it's a clean sheet. And well, this is it. I mean, through the game. Yeah, and I'm sure they're going to play a lot better throughout the season and concede. So mm-hmm. it does work in roundabouts, but no, no, no complaints at the moment. And I would just say you can't underestimate how much of a blow not having Polina sitting in front of them is, because he does so much to screen the back four and also drop in as a sort of centre back when sort of somebody goes out with the ball. Um, yeah. It didn't feel like we had that organisation in the first sort of 20, 25 minutes. No, and I just want to give a special shout out to Lukic. I think he's 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 come on leaps and bounds over the the summer, and even yesterday in in stayed patches he was he was really good. But when you take Paulinho out of the squad, it's it's a huge loss. Um, and correct me if I'm wrong, that was our first win in the Premier League without him starting. I think so. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's progress, and that that's all we want this season, isn't it? We we don't want that, those second season blues. We want to be able to to push on and establish ourselves again as a Premier League football club. Obviously, it's staggering that there's any praise for Sasalukic, and it's not come from our mate Oscar um, <laughs> today. It is actually Sasalukic's birthday, and we have postulated that. This could be a big season for him, you know, having had sort of six months or so to get used to to the Premier League. And he certainly, um, in the second half, I thought he used the ball really well. I'm still not convinced he's that, or well, no one can play, replace Polina. We might as well just stop looking for someone to replace Polina because, as you say, it's it's largely impossible. Um, I did enjoy the new the new chant for, for Sasa Lukic. Lukic in the middle of our pitch. Scoring goals with Mitrovic, Luke Hitch. I, I <laughs> it was quite good. Needs a bit of work, and obviously a better singing voice than mine. Um, but uh, it was an encouraging performance um, from him. The Evertonians got very vexed about this goal that they supposedly scored. Al, um, mm. 
Leno does drop the ball, but Tarkovsky does that thing that, you know, we're really going to miss Harry Kane in the Premier League because no one else will make a back for a defender quite like Harry Kane. Um, Tarkovsky clearly impeded him for mine, and then there was a handball in there, and Keane, who put it in, would have been offside. So how many ways do you want to disallow a goal? Yeah, at first sight, I did think it was soft. I'm going to be honest, but then I don't. Those are the rules, right? Yeah, no, yeah. So Tarkovsky, in my opinion, he's not looked at Leno once, and I don't think he knows exactly where he is. However, he's been smart. He has sort of deliberately pushed himself back, waiting for that contact. Um, And as you said, when he does, play the ball though, is he? No, he's he's standing his ground, sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. And then as Leno's come down, the ball's come out of his hands. It's hit. Tarkovsky on the hand anyway, which in a build up to a goal, I think that's still disallowed. I think it's still don't know anymore with handball. <laughs> well, this is it. Like, like even not so long ago in the uh, in the Liverpool when them locked down a road game, mm. you know, that I, I feel Liverpool should have had a penalty. Nobody knows these handball rules anymore. Well, it should have been. I mean, um, any, anything that them locked down should be penalised <laughs> drastically, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> We've got to try and stay a bit. You know, a bit level-headed and see things as they are, without a bias Fulham cap on. But no, yeah, no. I I don't think their goal should have stood. No. Um, so the referee made the right decision. However, I know we're going to go into but the incident in the second half for me, that's a penalty. Well, we'll come on to it. I mean, well, why don't we just do it? I mean, you've just summed it up. I don't understand. There is no clearer an example of a handball in the penalty area than that. I was slightly worried when Mitrich went tearing after the referee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, but fortunately, cool heads prevailed, thankfully. Um, yeah. I, I just wanted to touch, just before we get on to the second half, because it was a lot better, how worried should we be that we didn't do anything in the final third in the first half? Because I thought Deutsch... Given Emerson's limitations, he got his tactics fairly spot on. They, they went with a sort of four-five-one, flooded the midfield, and we looked a bit confused, eh, about how to deal with it because random people like the Corre, who also should have scored, were breaking through into our box. Uh, fortunately, again, they they couldn't uh, hit a cow's backside with a banjo. Um, but also at the other end of the pitch, we couldn't. We, we seemed a bit stupefied by, by it all and couldn't really get into Everton's box very much. And when we did, yeah. it didn't really matter. I mean, should we be worried about that? Or is it just some of those combinations, you know, Kenny, Jimenez, not being not being uh, as, as sound as they might be yet? Yeah, and no, I'm not worried. I don't, th- I don't think we'll see Kenny line up with Jimenez too often this season. Uh, Jimenez is sort of still getting used to the way we play he was up against a few bullies at the back. So I'm not too concerned. Yes, it would have been nice to create more, but we did have about 78 possession after 30 minutes, mm. um, which is which is still very pleasing because that's the way we played in the championship. We kept the ball. This is how we, that's how you know we're, you know, we're in the game. We keep the ball. We play nice football, but yeah, it would have been nice to create more, but you only need one chance. And thankfully, the most important one arrived at the right end in the second half. Yeah, and I I, I do think um, so. So this half time brought a really crucial change. I, I thought he could have taken off any of the front four, 
Bradley, but he took off William um, and put on Bobby Deckard over Reed. Um, Now, one of my mates, I think I've told you this before in this podcast, one of my mates used to call Bobby Deckard over Reed the decorator because he sprayed it everywhere. Um, And he's had to uh, rescind that that nickname for Bobby, but it has rather stuck when he's speaking because the decorator certainly came up with a good finish. Um, <laughs> early, in the, early in the second half, but I just wanted to take a moment, Al, to talk about Bobby Deckeldoverie altogether. I'm almost ready to like let him name his spot that he wants to play each week because he never lets us down wherever he is. He's the player. No. In the squad, he must be a manager's dream. Yeah, his versatility speaks volumes for me. Whether you play him right back, left wing, right wing, through the middle, number ten, put him in goal, and I think he still do a job. I've, I've, de- I'm definitely more happy seeing Bobby Reid in the Premier League with us. I think he performs better than he does in he did in the Championship for us, and that's just my. Hopefully, we won't have that problem but, for a while. Yeah, yeah, we never have it again. I hope, <laughs> but he's he's been brilliant. Uh, he's he always scores important goals for us. It's very it's very rare that he'll score a goal when a game's done done and dusted, when the game's out of reach or we've won it comfortably. You you sort of remember the goals Bobby Reed scores, and I think that's that's a credit to him. And you know, Silver likes Bobby Reed. I think we all do, um, and I think he has changed a lot of people's opinions on him. Uh, over the last few years. But it's the work ethic. Sorry, mate. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, go on. The work ethic is definitely... uh... Isn't it? He covers all the ground. He plays how a fan would play for their their team. Um, And that leads us to sort of underrate his technical ability because he's very good at getting into those areas Uh, and then just moving it on because it comes in tandem. Um. Silver making a couple of very decisive changes as well just before the hour. Pereira, Mitrovic, you mentioned it. They certainly liven us up. We're a better team with Pereira uh, on the pitch all the time. Uh, he probably just couldn't last the 90. And what a goal, Al. Yeah, yeah. The, the build-up play, the build-up play was, was magnificent. Uh, it's the first time we sort of put a few passes together, meaningful passes together in a... Uh, in the opposition half, I think Pereira does fantastically well to to commit to the tackle, get that ball across the place of goal, and then Bobby Reed's in the right place at the right time. And it's actually a nice picture of Mitrovic standing there before Bobby Reed's actually aloft, put the yeah. ball in there with his arms aloft. And that's nice. It's nice to see Mitrovic fired up again, celebrating in a Fulham shirt. But yeah, it was a, a good result yesterday. And, yeah, we, we go again on Saturday. The weight of pass from Mitrovic to get Pereira away in that position as well. It's a beautiful ball. Mm. Uh, and, yeah, I, I always thought we'd have a bit of joy maybe if we could move Tarkovsky and Keane around because they're big lumps, but they're not necessarily great movers. And as you say, Pereira does really well, not just to keep it alive, but he puts it on a plate for... Uh, Bobatov at the back post, doesn't he? <laughs> Did you just describe him as Bobatov? Yeah, why not? I've never, I've never heard that before in my life. <laughs> well, <then. laughs> well, I like to bring variety to the podcast now. 
Bobatol. Staring at that, man. He puts it away. Oh, yeah, no. although I think I, I think anyone could have scored that, Dan. Even I me. think I could have scored that. Even me. Um, so you know, but it's all about being in the right place at the right time, and yeah, it it was just pure elation winning at Goodison Park again, and uh, yeah, Bobby Reed coming up trumps again. So yeah, and once we Happy. scored, we could have had a couple more. Um, we, we should say. Jimenez did hit the post just before he went off. It was a great little finish, or attempted finish. He's quite unlucky. The ball was behind him. Harry Wilson had a really good, quietly had a really good second half, having been very anonymous in the first half. Jimenez hits the post. Once we scored, we seemed to uh, come alive for a second. Bobby probably should have had a second goal at the back post there. Maybe should have gone with his head rather than on the volley. There was a yeah. chance. It, uh, it's that old cliche that goals changes games. Mm. And I think yesterday was a prime example of that. As you said, as soon as we won it up, we controlled that game a little bit better. We look a bit more threatening. But again, the additions of Pereira and Mitrovic, they change games. And that's why we that's why we want to keep Mitrovic and hopefully that's why he's staying. Because he is a game changer. Uh Pereira has been outstanding for us since he's joined. Yeah. And yeah, two two nil would have been nice, but we, we can't complain with a one. I was just grateful for the nil. <laughs> to be honest, you know, like I, I did enjoy Diop. He did a passing um, impression of. Do you remember that John Smith's habit advert where the guy just belted it? You remember that advert when he was doing habit? <laughs> right. Well, every time the That's ball Peter K was in the second half. He was just wellying it into the stand, even when he was only like two yards away. And I was like, has yeah. he been on the John Smiths or something? Because <laughs> was very normally we like to play it out from the back and play out of tight corners. But the op was just like safety first all the time. And I think that was a message from from the bench, considering how shaky we were at the start. Mm. I think there's no point making silly mistakes, no point taking any chances. Just just get it upfield. Because the ball's in the stands or the ball's upfield, you're not going to concede. So at, at least then it gives you a chance to regroup. And yeah, I, I don't mind defensive play like that now and again. No, it's quite refreshing, actually. <laughs> um, good to watch. Um, and, and we did, they, Everton still did have some chances. I guess we Leno makes a great save from Alex Awobi, but it goes straight to Nathan Patterson, who somehow hit the bar. I still don't. Quite know how he's hit the bar from there, but you know, <laughs> as a twenty million pound player, he's rattled the bar there. Um, Tarkovsky had a header. I mean, I was quite pleased at how comfortable the last looking back on it, sort of the last ten minutes plus the six minutes of added time, we survived it really without incident. And that type of gritty away win, good teams win those types of games when you're not playing well, you get a result. It's a sign of a good side, isn't it? It is. And if we can do that a few more times this season away from home, you know, we, we can achieve what we achieved last season. Uh, you get these these uh, so-called journalists or so-called pundits think we could struggle this season. I, I can't see it. I, I do think if, if yesterday's anything to go by, there's going to be times where we do need to dig in. We do need to fight. We do need to 
you know, cut out the silly mistakes and, and win dirty. Because, you know, Fulham under Silva is usually win pretty, be extravagant. But I, I, I prefer watching games like yesterday because it, it shows that what we're doing is working. What Silva's doing on the training ground is working. Um, and yeah, it's just 30, 37 more games to go. And yeah, who, who knows where we can end up this season? But yeah, I would I'm just confident. add a note of caution. The last time we won on the Premier League opening day... Was that Sunderland? Sunderland in 2015, Pine Kasami with a header and we went down. Um, yeah, Dan, I specifically didn't mention that. Well, <laughs> I understand why, but, you know, there's also plenty of examples of, you know, great pre-seasons and great opening days turning into years we'd rather forget. So... You know, there there are some things to improve on, but I think what was encouraging was everybody referenced that. I think Silver in his press conference said that was the worst first 45 minutes I've ever had as Fulham manager. Um, and I let them know about it. Um, and even Bobby Decker-Doverine mentioned that in his uh, interview with the, uh, with the with the Fulham website after the game. Um the exciting thing is adding the people who weren't there or sort of came off the bench yesterday to the team. And I also wanted to talk about sort of last night on the way home, Fulham uh, surprised us with a with a late night or relatively late night signing. What are your thoughts on Adama Traore, Al? Uh, for me, if he's if he's free, he's not cost us a penny. I think it's a very good signing. He obviously knows Raul Jimenez really well and they had a fantastic time together at Wolves. And for me, I know a few people have said it, I think if you check Twitter, if you sign someone that you wouldn't want to watch play against you, I think that's a good signing. Uh, whenever he's played against us, you just worry that his pace, his strength, he, he's if he's on form, he's pretty much unstoppable. The only way you're stopping him is by fouling him. Um so he's going to win us a lot of free kicks. He's going to hopefully assist a lot of goals and perhaps get on a score sheet himself. But we do have a fairly big team now. So he's, I can see him being more of an impact sub rather than a starter. Uh, but again, it's it's all about numbers and and quality numbers and that. I know you mentioned Demara Gray possibly signing. I think that one's pretty much done. I personally think that will be announced either tomorrow or Tuesday, purely because it ain't going to be announced before we play Everton. Purely because... Well, and also Everton are moving closer to signing Jack Harrison from Leeds, it looks like today. So maybe that speeds up Damari Gray. Um, and and if we can sign hudson Adoy, for me, that's the one I want more than... Can you tell us when why we you're excited about Hudson Adoy? Is it you know? Could we go into that one a little bit? Why why is Hudson Adoy so important? Why why for you is that the one that you want over the others? Or well, it, for me, he's gonna he's gonna come with a point to prove, um, and he's still only what 21, 22? He's still young. He you don't go from a seventy eighty million pound player, which Chelsea actually turned down the offer from to buy Leverkusen about two or three years ago to an a four to eight million pound player now. I think with the right coaching with Silva, I think we're the perfect club at this moment in time that if you have a point to prove and you have a manager that believes in you, 
we are the perfect club at this moment in time to join. He can play on both wings. He's quick. And I can just see him causing havoc. I, I really want us to sign him before the window shuts. Because I do think he could be really important for us moving forward as a football club. Yeah. Because he, he will also... It will also come attached with a, a huge, well, a nice sell-on fee. If he has a good season, a good two seasons, maybe that four to eight million, wherever it's supposed to be, that can easily turn to 40, 30 to forty million. Yeah, um, uh, some resale value is what you're talking about with the young. Well, this but, is it. Yeah. No, you're absolutely, you're absolutely right. Um, so, really encouraging start. And how are you feeling heading into a derby? Next next weekend, that that lot uh, from Hounslow who couldn't get any water into their stadium for a while. <laughs> they talk a good game. Um, so it'll be a real contest. They, they really don't like us. Um, so we'll need to be ready, won't we? Oh, of course. And I think we are always ready for them. And I think we have been under silver bar the away game last season. Uh, I'd like another start like we got last season at home. Bobby Reid putting us ahead after two minutes. Um, but yeah, I think Paulini will, will be back for that. Uh, we'll see Traore at some point. I I, I just want to beat them, uh, honestly. I, I just want to get six points out of six. And to be honest, if someone offered you, said to you after the first two games, how many points realistically would you want? I think a lot of us would have been happy with four. Now, Let's be that, greedy. Let's be greedy. Let's go for six out of six. Let's shut them up a bit more. Um, and yeah, let's just please just win next week. <laughs> yeah, and it didn't look like there was an awful lot to uh, to fear now that the uh, main man is uh, serving some self-imposed exile. We'll we'll, we'll do a preview of that uh, to come in, in in much more detail in a week. Um, so final thoughts out. Um, really good gritty away win, the kind of win we don't get often enough as Fulham fans. Great away day, plenty of optimism. Well, that's it, and I think I mentioned it on the uh, preview the other night. That's that's now Everton's only second defeat and the opening day of the season out of the last eleven. So it was never going to be easy. It was always going to be tough. You, we was always going to have to ride our luck, which I think we did. So yeah, let's just enjoy this week as much as we can before next Saturday. And yeah, hopefully Tony Khan and the people behind the scenes can give us a few more additions, give Silver those extra sign-ins. I did actually hear earlier that Al Hilal are back in for Mitra. Again, I don't know if that's um, paper talk or just journalists being lazy again. But yeah, let's hope there's a few more additions, no outgoings. And look I'll forward to for, uh, Congo and... Uh... A knockout going somewhere new, but yeah, I take your, I, I take your point, Al. Um, Do you know what? If there are any uh, Saudis listening, <laughs> they're the, they're, they're the, they are the two players I don't want to go anywhere. Congolo yeah, I mean, and knockout. How much do you think? We don't touch them. About forty million for the pair of them. Yeah, each. It's, it's got to be each. <laughs> steady on, mate. I mean, well, I think they do really well in uh, in in Saudi Arabia. They're rapid, them too. Yeah. You know, well, that one. No, they've, they've had a flawless injury record. No attitude problems whatsoever. They'd love it. Um, well, this is it. Absolutely. Like, get them on the plane, lads. Right. Um, we're going to round it up uh, here. 
excellent uh, first win. Great for us to have Al um, back on the podcast. And I do want to offer some congratulations to two Fulham teams who made it almost a perfect weekend for the Whites. So on Friday night, uh, Hayden Mullins, under-21s, won their first game uh, under his stewardship. 3-2 at Wolves, having been 2-1 down with three minutes remaining. Two goals from Marshall Godot and uh, one from Callum McFarland, uh, giving Fulham a perfect start in the new PL2 season. And then on Saturday, before the senior side got going at Goodison, uh, Fulham won 2-0 against Reading. Uh, Tom Olliot scoring the goals to beat the Royals. Great start for Ali Manuel's under-18s. Uh, Fulham's women played their last, or play their last warm-up match this afternoon at Worthing before their season gets underway next week at Monster Park against Ashford United. We'll have a little bit more on that uh, next week. Al's going to join me next week uh, as well to look ahead to the derby. And thanks for all your... Oh, I nearly forgot. Thanks for all your comments and uh, and tweets. And indeed, Al's been very kind in not mentioning the fact that I've predicted a draw in the uh, first round of the Hamian Prediction League. So I'm going to be somewhere near the bottom of the table. I think, what did you go for, Al? I went for a 2-1. Yeah, so you'll get at least one point in the... Uh, in the scoring system, I couldn't find uh, a cursory look earlier on anyone who's gone for a one nil, but there are a couple of people. So congratulations to them. All a good bit of fun. And uh, when we have had a full week of uh, fantasy Premier League action, uh, we'll we'll give you the uh, contenders at the top of that particular table as well in the Hamian League. That's been ridiculously oversubscribed. There are. Millions of you, it seems like, who are challenging your uh, Fulham fans in Fantasy Premier League. So I'm going to finish way down that table as well. We love to see it. Um, <laughs> Al, thanks very much for your company today. No, th- thank you, Dan. And um, I look forward to speaking to you on Thursday. We are going to have a great deal of fun. Look, he's even scheduling the one, the new one in advance. Uh, thanks very much, Al. Thank you, everybody, for uh, for your support and all your Uh, Well wishes at Goodison Park. Uh, We'll see you soon. And in the meantime, come on, you white.